BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. We are so close. I can feel it. Did you find it? How difficult can it be? Take care of business, I'm gonna take care of you. Excuse me, sir. I was wondering if you could just take a look at this photo. It's my sister. Are you looking for someone? Have you seen her? No, but I know someone that might help you. We met briefly, yes. Did we? Please help me find my sister. She's probably dead. I'll pay you. Oh, how much? She was here. Come on. My mask. Where is it? What's up, Blast? These two got something I want. Won't tell me where it is. I guess you just have to shoot his ass. <laughs> Welcome to They Call This a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Call This a Movie. We're part of the Main Damie Network, and to find more from us, check out the website at themaindamie.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at themaindamie. We're also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com. Welcome to They Call This a Movie. This is Anthony Delvecchio, and with me, as always, is Dan Aquino and Mark Myers. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, friends. Hello, I'm so glad I made it. I just got done killing 30 to 50 feral hogs. And they ran into my house about three to five minutes ago. Oh, How are man. your kids? I'm, I'm glad are I made you, it. Yeah, right where okay? my nieces were playing. Oh, so, yeah, Damn. I was able to get rid of them, so thank God. Well, it's a good know. thing you have assault weapons handy. Yep, yep. <laughs> they're quick. They're, they're, they're called my left and right fist. No. Um, <laughs> now that the main Damie has taken a firm stance on the uh, the gun topic... <laughs> All right, next topic is a hot dog a sandwich. <laughs> oh, hit them all, all the hot ones. Let's hit uh, all those hot memes. Yeah. To this week, uh, this week's a tough one, guys. And yeah. I think we are all just hoping that this doesn't go too painfully. This week, Dora the and the Lost City of Gold or something like that uh, yeah. comes out this week. And we were trying to find a good explorer slash 
Indiana Jones ripoff. And uh, while we didn't find a good one, we found a, a one. We, yeah, I was going to say we found one. <laughs> it was completed. We found something or something. Maybe something found us. Yes. Uh, we went to the 2008 film Lost Treasure of the Maya, also known as No Bad Days. Um, this is easily one of our least... Uh, SEO-friendly movies we'll ever do. Yeah. Uh, nobody is going to be searching for this movie because it is a piece of shit. Right. Yeah. Like this. This is one of those when we look back at the numbers and we and we notice that there maybe the downloads aren't as high. You don't really. Well, why not? What happened? It's because this movie is a piece of garbage. Yep. No one's ever heard of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's got two. It's got two names to no one to know. And they don't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Lost Treasure of the Maya makes the most sense. Yeah, I meant that's like being two separate names. Yeah, but No Bad Days, I don't know what that's a reference to. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I mean, I'm sure there were plenty of bad days on set. Yeah. Uh, or not maybe for Keith just... David. <laughs> oh, that's that's part of the movie. I, I was really hoping, and uh, for the listeners out there, you can follow. I know we usually put this at the end, but I don't know if I have the strength to make it to the end of this. So you can follow me at Twitter at dequino122. I when I tweeted at Keith David, I was really hoping he would be like, "Oh man, you know, I was strung out that weekend or whatever. I have no recollection of filming. <laughs> no bad days. I showed up on my boat and that was it. Nice. But in obviously a more sexy baritone voice. Yeah. He he filmed this while he was on vacation. Stopped Obviously. off one day to set, read his lines in maybe a half a day, and then he was off. He gave him a boat. They rented a <laughs> boat for him. I I wonder if and and I'll I'll bring this up when we get to that part. I wonder if it wasn't really like lines that he was saying, but it was the truth. Like, <laughs> I told my wife that I was uh I was sick. I drank some bad water. I gotta get back. My wife's gonna be there in 20 minutes. I wonder if that's kind of what it was like in her life. Yeah, yeah. Oh, honey, we're on vacation. She goes she goes out because he says he's sick. I got to go shoot this movie. Right back. Where's my speedboat? <laughs> he didn't even know he was he was they were filming. He just saw Michael Madsen. And he a, started to say hello. Hey. Uh, you know, this movie. It's, it's, um, this is like an asylum movie that Asylum watched. And they're just like, uh, it's, you know what? Never asylum. mind. Yeah. Like, we nah, have standards. No, nah, we're good. We're good with. We're good over here. We're, we're going to stick to Atlantic Rim, all right? So just <laughs> take that far away from us. Yeah. Uh, this movie was directed by David Murphy, who did a handful of other shitty movies, and has an IMDb of 3.5. Stars uh, Michael Madsen, Richard Tyson, who is this is our second Richard Tyson movie um, after Bigfoot. Uh, Keith oh, David. Oh yeah, that was him. <laughs> yeah, Crisp from Kindergarten Cop. Everybody knows Crisp. Yeah. yeah. Keith, the aforementioned Keith David, uh, a guy that goes by only one name, Protasio. Who I, I can't figure out what he is. I'm guessing he's a model, but he's not. His IMDb is empty. He's not. I'm, doesn't seem to be a musician. I'm pretty sure he funded this movie just to star in this movie. Yeah, well, he's not, he's not the director. The director is by David Murphy, but I believe he's a co-writer or and a, a writer producer. and a producer. And are you calling not another not another movie 
a bad movie? Well, it's got Burt Reynolds in it for some reason. Um, an old Burt Reynolds, but... Uh, well, I would assume so, because this was in 2011. Yeah. And, I mean, now he's dead, obviously, but... Yes. But that's, uh, not, that's not a bad movie. How dare you? <laughs> it also <laughs> stars Heather Storm, uh, the unfortunate woman that has to be a woman in this movie, because women do not fare very well in the first 15 minutes of this film. No, and uh, and uh, and apparently uh, the the uh, looking it up, she was um, in Epic Movie, I believe, might be one of her only big um, roles. It was just she just seemed like a girl that would be in, as we mentioned, those sci-fi asylum movies. Mm-hmm. Whoa! All right, hold on one second. Ant, you have IMDb pulled up, right? Uh, yes. Michael Madsen's character is named what? Oh, hold on a second. Uh, I'm something. Yeah, it's Lester. Lester Storm? Is that it? I, I don't know. Matt, because in not another not another movie, Michael Madsen plays Lester Storm. Oh my goodness, is there a Lester Storm cinematic universe that we have no that idea we, about? Now this this Uh-oh. this That's podcast her is, turn. I was just gonna say this podcast just took a turn because now we need to I need to know because obviously No Bad Days came out two thousand eight. Where did Lester go from 2008 to not another not another movie in 2011? What was he doing? Well, yeah, he gets away at the end of this movie. He does. Do you not without seeing that movie that we're talking about ever? Do you think they were making a reference to this movie in that movie? I do. I really do. <laughs> and I think uh, what's this guy's name? David. David Murphy. I think David Murphy was play, was banking on. People having seen No Bad Days, and may I guarantee there was one person in the theater who who knew like, oh wait, that guy was in No Bad Days. Oh well, that makes a lot of sense now. Okay, that he was also a producer in both movies. Yeah, okay. yep. also a co-writer. Co-writer, got it. Okay. Yeah. Things are making sense now. Yeah, this guy's got his own uh, own cinematic universe that he's trying to get off the ground. So now but... I'm gonna I'm gonna write the next installment. Of, and it'll be the Lester Storm trilogy. There you go. Yeah. Perfect. Trilogies always work. Especially with M- Michael Madsen? Is that true? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, sometimes he needs a paycheck. Uh, he was in the Kill Bill movies. He must have been so happy when Tarantino called him for that bit part in, uh, <laughs> in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. He. I, I feel like he's a guy that doesn't turn down roles. He can't. He's no way needs... he can. He just he just needs to keep himself afloat between Tarantino movies. <laughs> well, that, that well's drying up pretty soon. <laughs> oh, he keeps doing. Oh man, he does a lot of movies. Wow, I'm looking at three hundred. Oh my, but just like 2018, Cobra Gator, Dead on Time, Puppy Love, Spats, The Journey Ahead, Until We Meet Again, Hangover in Death Valley, Unbelievable with five exclamation points, Primitiva, Megalodon. That's how you know it's good. <laughs> right. Dirty Dealing 3D, Papa, Love Addict, Killian. Those are all well, movies that he did in 2018. He must subscribe to the Christopher Walken mantra of never turn down a role. Because I remember Christopher Walken said, so I guess someone asked him, why do you do so many movies? And he goes, well, this is my job. Why would I turn down work? Sure. So that must be Michael Manson. Never turn I, down that kind of, like any kind of work. I think it's a little different because Christopher Walken's getting offered hollywood movies and michael madsen is just 
is I don't know. People are showing up on his doorstep, and, <laughs> or, and or maybe he's showing up on their doorstep and and Entirely offering bad. him. You know, it's every writer, director, producer that ever saw Reservoir Dogs mm. is wanting him to play that role yeah. in their movie. And they and they're getting him for like a day. Yeah. He's like, I'll get, I'll give you two days. Well, for... <laughs> there's one thing I, I was reading, and it had to do with voice acting, where. You know, some guy. One of the examples was Ron Perlman. When when they hire Ron Perlman to do voice acting, he doesn't do characters. He does Ron Perlman. So when you hire Michael Madsen for something, you get Michael. You get crazy. That's you're not getting any other kind of voice, any other kind of actor. You're just getting Michael Madsen. I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. Yeah. He's like the uh, like low. Like there's there's top actors like Nick Cage is starting to get in that category. You know, you're hiring Nick Cage mm-hmm. when you hire Sean Connery was there near the end. All right, Nicholson. You know, Nicholson got there near the end, but those guys had resumes. Right, <laughs> Nicholas Cage. He, you might be you might be hiring Nicholas Cage, but you don't know which Nicholas Cage yeah. is showing up. <laughs> but that's the reason you hire him. <laughs> exactly. You you just kind of you wind him up and then you let him loose on set. Yeah. Right, like yeah. this is a grab bag. <laughs> all you gotta, all, all you gotta let them know is, do you want take it serious, Nick Cage, or do you want full Cage? It doesn't and, matter. It doesn't matter which one you want. Nicholas Cage is gonna make that choice for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wonder if when you're directing Nicholas Cage, it's like, all right, I know he's gonna give me a wide array of uh, acting, so I'm just going to shoot, you know, ten takes of a scene, and I'm gonna pick the the least Nick Cagey or the most Nick Cagey one. Yeah. <laughs> or one day he just pulls up in your movie out of nowhere in a red car with a prosthetic nose on and just is lost the time until Twitter comes along and puts well, that clip on Twitter. I, I know, obviously, we've strayed so far away from this podcast. Oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but <laughs> did, you, did you guys see the... Uh, I guess he had an interview where he talked about the Tyrannosaurus Rex skull that was stolen from him and how vipers help him uh, get into acting. Yeah. This is just, (laughs) those are movies. Yeah. Those are Nicolas Cage movies. It's it's Thai food, as you said once before. Yeah, it's, It's, that's true. It's German expressionism. (laughs) He, he's a, he's a treasure for sure. (laughs) But, but, do we should we rein it back in or do we just keep going off? I guess we eventually have to get into this movie. All right. Well, yeah. the the one thing I will say about because I know Anthony, you always you bring it up the title of the movie and then you ask Mark and myself what was your you know either expectations going in or what did you know about this? I had zero expectations going in. I knew nothing about it, but coming away from it and I messaged you guys this earlier. This was like. This movie was Trump's wet dream because in a lot of it, it's Hispanic people attacking white people. Mm-hmm. And he, mm-hmm. I feel like this is what he would show his cabinet members. This is what's going on but under the border. <laughs> all right. Terrible people. <laughs> They're looking for the mask. We got to stop them from getting the mask. <laughs> <laughs> that and yeah. Cesario, right? Probably Sicario. <laughs> yeah, Sicario, yeah. Yeah, uh, we have to send Benicio del Toro down there. Uh, as I mentioned with to you guys over text, this movie kind of makes me appreciate previous movies that maybe we were a little harder on. 
Um, like like a movie like Star Crash where we all came around like we didn't, none of us liked it, but there were things that we that we kind of we gravitated enjoyed. toward. Yeah. Yeah. Was, like, uh, Southern, Southern robot. robot. Yeah. Yeah. What was his name? L. L. Yeah. L. Yeah. Southern robot. Much yeah. better than No Bad Days. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's nothing there's nothing to gravitate towards in this My movie. Seatbelt stuck. <laughs> My seatbelt stuck. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I when you told us that. I definitely understood why, because although obviously Star Crash was not a good movie, bad in its own right, but there was production value to it, you know? Mm-hmm. As low as it was, it there's no production value in No Bad Days. It's kind of, to me, it seemed like some guy was just, like you said, and on a GoPro, just kind of filming wherever he went. Like, like yep. there's, it, it, it seemed everything was spur of the moment, and maybe... Maybe even going as far as a college kid's, a college student's final film project. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's probably college film students that it, their their final products were much cleaner and more coherent than this movie. That's how bad this was. Yeah, uh, a lot of it's like shot outside, so they probably didn't have to do much lighting. It's yeah. you know, it's digital. They're probably they're probably decent cameras but it's still obviously digital yeah it's very, it's very shaky at times yeah. and just really it's distracting like 80 percent of it's like like not 80 percent like 40 percent of it's like in cars mm-hmm. it was driving around um yeah, it's not, even it's not like, a very good looking movie <laughs> no. yeah not even like a good car setup no. shots no some, like a some guy the in the back seat some, some of the shots are blown out you know yeah. it's it looks very amateurish. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me wonder why we couldn't make a movie. Oh, we totally could make this. We just needed to get to uh, Mexico. And Michael Madsen would star in it still. Yeah, absolutely. This this movie got three people. Michael Madsen, Richard Tyson, and Keith David. <laughs> I, again, I, I think, think they stumbled upon Keith David. I, I was just going to say that. Based on his scene. Like, it was completely accidental. Right. And like, Michael Madsen was like, hey. He's going to be hey. down here this weekend. <laughs> right. Mike, uh, he was like looking off off the boat. I was like, wait a minute. Is that Keith? And he was like, hey, Keith. <laughs> I, to, to me, I think the most plausible way that happened was the, the crew is holed up in a hotel and the, you know, the director is walking through the lobby and Keith David's coming in. Like, oh, hey, you're Keith David. Yeah. We're shooting That's a movie. right, baby. Yeah, they, <laughs> pretty good. That's pretty good. And like, yeah, would you mind? Do you want to start in this film real quick? Just maybe give you a couple lines. Yeah, why not? I got nothing going on. <laughs> yeah, I got a free afternoon. Right, right. I actually I I rented, told my wife I was in the shitter. <laughs> I, I rented a boat, actually. Uh, you know, I, I can't get that deposit back. No worries, man. We'll film that. Just we'll use it. Use it to your your character. Yeah. Who is my character? Keith David? <laughs> <laughs> It should just be you. It's he's only in this movie so that they could say he's in this movie. Yeah. It really there is no point for his character. He literally. So we're just. I'm just gonna spoil his point. He literally sh- like so. Michael Madsen's the bad guy in this movie, and he is, brings for some reason, uh, while Richard Tyson has been kept held prisoner in a whole bunch of caves. Because he's like an archaeologist. For some reason, they bring him out of the cave and put him on a boat, which uh, Michael Madsen's character owns. 
there's an interrogation scene and then who comes up on a speedboat with some some hose is Keith David and he just like is an old friend of Michael Madsen's who apparently knows that he is like a murderer and about to kill those dudes and he's just really happy-go-lucky and positive about it they try to play it off as if maybe Keith David is just a uh you know just a random boater and yeah. Michael Madsen's like, oh, who, you know, he's he's very cautious at first. And then they start cracking jokes like, oh, <laughs> he he was pretty funny. He was like, what, what, what do you got going on over there? Ah, well, these two guys know something and they're not telling me. Well, I know they're both lying. I could tell that for sure. And just, <laughs> he, he's it's, it's the best part of the movie. Yeah, by far. And he, he's given Michael Madsen's character uh, like tips on how to kill these guys. Like, why don't you just tie one of them to the anchor and just throw them overboard? The other one will get real scared. <laughs> maybe the maybe uh, David Murphy was like, all right, Mike, Keith, just think of ways to kill these two guys and just, you know, start spitballing from there. All right, yeah, that's no problem. And just throw I, them I, overboard. I am 60 to 70 percent sure that neither of them were on set at the same time. <laughs> you think it was just? <laughs> that's true. That's I could see that. There's no evidence of a sit like when Keith David's sh- shots are there. There's no evidence that there's an other boat that he's talking to. That's a good point. Yeah, you, you never see them both in the same shot. It's always yeah. a cut to Michael Madsen, cut to Keith David. Yeah. And there's only one shot where Michael Madsen and Richard Tyson share the scene. Like you see his hand a lot, <laughs> but that's all you see like from like his back and his hand. There's a, there's an actual there's a scene where I think something got discombobulated or maybe it was cut wrong. But there's a scene where Michael Madsen, I think is when he's kind of maybe not first introduced, but he's in a car and it's nighttime mm-hmm. and he's on the phone with the, with the guy that's on, on the beach. Yeah. In the ocean. In broad right? daylight. Yes. Uh-huh. So the, the dialogue starts to not make sense oh after a yeah while. no it's like they're having two different conversations yes so yep. the, the one guy on the other end of the phone doesn't say anything and michael madsen goes now you're just talking crazy <laughs> what <laughs> uh-huh. yep and then the other guy on the phone just goes uh-huh. <laughs> he just, yeah he does a nervous laugh I was like, what just happened here yeah no, it's <laughs> it gets really weird yeah so maybe i think Either there was a mix-up in the editing, or Michael Matson just went off script, and the other guy was just... they shot they shot the that guy's scene first, right? And right. then they did, and then they what they probably they probably did that, and they probably let Michael Madsen just go with it and kind of improv a little bit, right? Kind of react to it and improv, yeah. but he went off the rails if that's yeah. the case, and they probably didn't realize till they got to look at the footage that they're like oh you fuck this isn't gonna cut properly because <laughs> that's the kind of movie we're talking about to this week is a movie that's incompetent enough that that totally could have happened yeah probably didn't have a script supervisor on set the day that they were shooting michael madsen in in the car right there there was no continuity mm-hmm. uh expert and it's just it, it was to me it was probably bare bones Ca- uh, crew you know mm-hmm. a couple cameramen boom mic operator sound operator whatever the director and the actors that are there that's the, and that's really all you're getting yeah i will say the one thing that usually when it comes to these movies that are pretty terrible 
is that the sound is usually awful and unlistenable. It actually wasn't bad in this movie. Like it was competently recorded. It it <laughs> it it didn't pop up when yeah. I was listening to it, so I I didn't even notice if it was bad or good. So that must mean it was pretty good. So it was it was not bad. Right. We're not pointing it out. So yeah. Um. Uh. You guys ready to get into the plot? I am gonna yes. try and burn through this as quick as possible. Wait a minute. Why are we doing that? Why what? are we talking about that? There's no plot. There is no plot. Uh, I'll on. do a very uh quick version of it. I'd, uh, I'd rather talk about the 30 to 50 feral, feral hogs. Feral hogs. If let's, I'm being honest. Let's do like the the cliff notes version of this. Sure. So in the 13th century, this mask gets hidden by these tribes in the Yucatan Peninsula. One guy hides it. Another tribe is trying to find it, and it gets hidden for thousands of years, essentially. Um, this woman named something uh, is an archaeologist with Richard Tyson and this other guy. Uh, they're trying to uncover the mask until they get they disappear. We flash forward two weeks later. And it's her sister, Alexis, who's flying down to the Yucatan Peninsula to try and find her. She comes across this drunk named Nico, who sometimes works as a private eye, but more often than not is just getting hammered uh, at tiki bars all the time. Um, they they hook up. They try and find out what happened to this um, archaeological dig. Um, they eventually run afoul of a gangster uh, by the name of Lester who has his guys trying to find the mask um, for reasons that he says he wants to wear it around town at one point, he says, which is a weird, mo- another, there are two, there are two phone call conversations that Michael Madsen has, and they're both so bizarre. I'm going to wear it to a laundromat. Yeah. Now, is, do you think he might have mixed up his character? Like one day he was thinking, All right, I'm going to play him, it's like a straight gangster, you know, like I'm, I'm part of the cartel or whatever. I'm not to be trifled with. And then the other, the next day he was like, I'm just going to be crazy. I'm going to, I'm not going to be serious about it. I'm just going to kind of go off the, you know, off kilter with it. And he just, yeah. it, it was almost like the Nicolas Cage thing where you don't know which, are you getting the serious gangster or are you getting the crazy guy? Right. Because his, his, uh, acting doesn't add up a lot of the times from mm-hmm. scene to scene. No, he's all over the place. Yeah. Uh, and that from in 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 the middle of scenes too, he'll just change. Yeah. He'll change his attitude towards like he'll be normal, and then all of a sudden he'll just freak the fuck out. Yeah. It, now again, I wonder if that's just a byproduct of Michael Madsen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Possible. Yeah. And and also this early part of the movie, this this girl is doing everything they tell you not to do when you go to a foreign country. You know, she's screaming at the police in English to speak English to her. She's just constantly just yelling and, you know, and just has this, you know, ugly American attitude the entire time. Um, there are multiple times when I think it comes a little later. Um, there was a time where I was just like, shoot her, just shoot her. Just, <laughs> just, I... Well, the, for the first part of this movie, the only discernible character trait that white women have is that they yell at Hispanic people. That's the well, yeah. only part. It's not just like women in this movie in general in the first 20 minutes, they come off so terribly. Yeah. There's um, there's a scene where one of the, the first time we meet Nico, he's um, investigating, quote unquote, 
this woman, I guess, is trying to find her husband and it winds up he's he's cheating on her with one of the locals. Um, so he's PIing that. And then he goes to the bar and he comes across an American woman and she's just an idiot um, and ditzy and yeah. kind of and casually racist. Um, yeah. yeah. And then we come across Alexis, who is just yelling at everybody and shrill and basic basically three terrible depictions of women in a matter of about 15 to 20 minutes yeah yeah and and like i said she's she's doing like it's and at no point you know does her character even once they hand over the pi mission she outside of being some forced love interest she holds no uh you could take her out of the story, and the story could go almost the same. Sure. The only thing is you that know? it's her, it's her sister. That yeah, that's it. For. That's literally the only reason. So it's reason funny. Their first interaction, he sexually harasses her. Yep. By by telling her help. telling her she's got a really she's got a nice ass, but she's wearing cargo shorts. It's not a very nice. It's not it, very nice. It's just you know it, I'm sh- I'm sure it's fine. She's a she's an attractive woman. Um, yeah. but there's nothing that. There's nothing she's wearing that would dep- depict her, like, for someone to call out, like, her ass being supreme, you know? My, when, she's wearing baggy that, cargo shorts. When, when he when he said that, I just, I thought to myself, nope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he just, it, it, I guess they were trying to, you know, get across that his character just says that to every woman, but... Right, yeah, he's, he's, uh what's the what's the term for it uh like a womanizer sort of thing? well yeah essentially yeah yeah, yeah. misogynistic yeah, he's very misogynistic yeah. and and also it's another thing i think we've had in multiple movies recently where that scene only occurs to set up a scene like literally a few minutes later yeah because then she goes back to him right. and it's such it's a that's such a weird moment because it's such a waste of time she like yeah. they have that interaction she leaves she, a random waitress in a bar tells her that there's someone that can help her. So she goes and she finds him again. And yeah, it's all and, within a matter of three minutes. Yeah. And the, and the only, and again, the only reason he recognizes her when she turns around in her loose fitting cargo shorts. Yeah. Her yeah. flat ass sticks out. Oh, I know. I remember now. Can I say one thing? This is on a, a personal note. I want to go back and listen to our other episodes and count how many times I can't figure out what a word is. <laughs> it happens every episode where I'll, I'll sit there and I'll say, he's or she's, and I can't quite think of the word. So it, for those listening at home, if you know, let me know, because it, it happens all the time. Yeah, <laughs> just something fun to do. Yeah, uh, so she finds him, and she immediately gets kidnapped by Lester's people. Um, and then that sort of starts off Nico helping her Try and find her sister after he rescues her. And, and this is the point where he turns into friggin' Jason Bourne. <laughs> Not really, because they're running, they're, dr- they're literally driving around in circles going about 15 miles an I, hour. No, no, I, no, not even that part. I'm saying when he finally catches up with them, he, like, runs up and slides through this, you know, the, uh, the sunroof and elbows them and knocks all three of them out immediately. Yeah. You uh, know, sort of. Yeah. It didn't so, look very badass because, again... They, they even had people commenting on, you're just going in circles, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's like the most 
um, intriguing part of the movie supposed to be, but it yeah. it, is, it isn't because they're literally just driving around in circles like at 15 miles an hour, and he's literally he's tra- chasing them through the streets of uh, is it I guess it's like sort of Cancun it's, it's Cancun, the Yucatan, yeah. Yucatan Peninsula yeah she I, flies into the Cancun ha- airport. airport yeah um but he's like just running through and he just eventually catches up to the, the car yeah uh, it's, a, it's supposed to be the moment in the movie we we're supposed to go I think there's something more to this guy yeah other than just a drunk oh, yeah um they go visit a shaman to see what where this could be he has a mild freak out of psychedelic drugs. Uh, I am just sco- got burning yeah. through. And that's yeah. another. It's another. It's another scene that's just meant to set up something later. Like yeah. it, it makes no point in the moment until they, you know, uh, call back to it later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they talk to some guy who uh, scams tourists on glass bottom boats, and he has like a Michael Pena and Ant Man sort of story. <laughs> going on where he he's telling a story but we are seeing what's what really happened and it doesn't add up yeah Um, i actually thought it was nico beating him up (laughs) or 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 like with him and didn't realize it was the other it was the bad guy Mm, no just the Uh, way it was shot was terrible yeah Uh, then they eventually come across the gangsters and the in the caves so they go back get some scuba equipment then they fuck yeah, it, that part cracked me up when she uh, Nico is getting ready to traverse the underwater cavern and she goes, can I make you anything like a sandwich? What? <laughs> <laughs> My man's not going to have time to stop and eat a sandwich when he gets there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's literally going. How how long did they say it was like a football field wide or something like that of uh of underwater caverns uh the one the one guy said that there could be like three to five miles of caves yeah and he got stuck in there for a day so yeah give give him a sandwich give him a bologna sandwich for his his uh three to five mile journey under the water with who knows god knows what's under there yeah and i also feel like they shot this the sex part of the sex scene like upside down like the way she was Hmm. positioned and blocking her chest was like she could have done the same thing on her back you know you know it was just that i guess they the way they were shooting it they couldn't you know get the angles right but they wouldn't show anything because it was pg-13 you know so I guess they they forgot to buy pasties yeah yeah so the way she has like her arms tight i'm like if she just on her back you know you can get the same shot and it looked less it looked more realistic yeah i think my eyes were glazed over at this point i don't remember yeah, yeah. Uh, eventually they go he goes into the caves and starts picking off the gangsters one by one she shows up at an inopportune time um but they they kill all the the gangsters and they get away he they find oh, the mask we we skip over the big reveal of I'm the trying movie. To, i'm trying to do this as fast as possible mark that's okay. right i'm skipping over everything but go ahead okay. <laughs> that he is a that he is a purple heart two silver star navy seal that's been doing black ops all throughout the world yeah it means nothing <laughs> it is like the most a best example of you know telling instead of showing mm. in a film it's like oh yeah he's this badass navy seal that's why he's so good at this don't Info don't don't mess with him. yeah 
Yeah, it, yeah just, I, I I think at that point when they said that, I said, eh, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> just, just end this. We still have two hours left. Yeah. Um, that that info is given by the uh, the bartender who yeah, is yeah. in a completely different movie than everybody else. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> he, I don't know who he really is or he's supposed he, to he be. He looks like he should be in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. <laughs> no, t- to me, he looks like he should be in There's Something About Mary. He he has that real creepy porn stash kind of thing going on. He looks like a Tim and Eric character. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. Uh, and then they get saved by the shaman who shows up and blow darts Javier, who yep. is like Michael Madsen's right-hand man. Um, they find the mask and... Michael Madsen's team gets arrested, but he leaves on his boat with the only other white guys in this movie. Yeah, they're yeah. like toughs or whatever, right? They're kind of like bouncer esque, yeah. I should say. Yeah. One of the things that I skipped over was that um, Alexis and Nico have a back and forth a couple of times about uh, 2012 and the Mayan calendar about oh, yeah. the world ending. So we flash forward after everything has happened to 2012, December 21st, and they're still living in in cancun now they've got a kid and they're just sitting on the beach waiting for the world to end and it sort of happens yeah it does yeah it kind of does we we see the little kid point off off the shore and then we see them react and then they they cut the cut to the credits flash and it cuts the credits what a so so this movie kills our heroes at the end (laughs) so it goes from a indiana jones-esque adventure to 2012 the movie mm-hmm. mm. not knowing not how know i would now, knowing what we know now over the past seven years maybe we would have been Should've. better off yeah but not <laughs> that's not how i would have taken this movie so interesting to say the least uh well the the, the mayan calendar thing was all the rage in 2008 dan don't you remember <laughs> Uh, not a day goes by that I didn't talk about it. I remember that yeah. in 2008. Why do I even have to graduate college, Dad? It, everything's going to end in 2012 anyway. <laughs> yeah. The kids were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> you see, that's uh, why I, I, I got married thinking, I was like, I'll stay with my girlfriend because it, it's all going to end anyway. Egg on my face. This movie has a terrible time of figuring out what time of day it is. Uh, just mm-hmm. besides... The Michael Madsen phone conversation. There's at least a couple of other scenes that are like, uh, other things are happening at the so like like things. Some scenes are happening simultaneously where it's like this is obviously in the daytime, and then this one's <laughs> how uh, happening at night. Right, so like, like there's a couple scenes where it's like dusk. I think yeah, there's yeah, not great. Yeah, there's like a scene in the beginning when they're having kind of like their first kind of conversation with each other. And then they're like, uh, they're then they are planning to go visit the shaman. Like in between those two scenes was like they're both having at night. And in between those two scenes was like a daytime scene. So like, yeah. did they did they talk for an entire day? <laughs> the, uh, to, to me, I think and I, I said this uh, bef- uh, off air. I would rather have just seen The Adventures of Keith David. Yeah, I want to see that movie. Yeah. Right. What's how he doing he, with those hoes? Right, and how, where does he put them when he has to be back in 20 minutes? <laughs> you know he's not going to make it back in 20 minutes. He's pretty oh, far no. out. Yeah, it's going to take yeah. him 20 minutes just to get back to shore. <laughs> right. Right, and then he's, he has to drop off the, the ladies of ill repute 
And I don't know, where do you just drop them off at the dock? Like, all right, oh. all right, bitches, on your way. <laughs> I'm Keith David. <laughs> yeah, he's he's gonna get he's gonna hear about it from his wife. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So that that's something I feel like this movie probably should have paid more attention to. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised. I I was expecting Richard Tyson to come back at the end because he gets killed on the boat. They shoot him and yeah. not throw mm-hmm. him off the boat. I figured he was gonna come back and play some, but I guess he, he was done. They didn't yeah. want to pay him anymore for another day. Yeah. On set, just killed him. He was an okay actor in this. I mean, yeah, he actually was, had like I don't I don't want to call it charisma, but inflection. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, he was definitely acting circles around his scene partners for sure. Yeah, which may or may not have been Michael Madsen at one point. <laughs> we can <laughs> we can neither confirm nor deny. Right. <laughs> and he's he's just not good. Michael Madsen. Michael Madsen. Yeah, he's terrible yeah. in this movie. Yeah, I I think he's. He's emptied the tank a long time ago. Yeah. There's really not much left there. It's just the, the husk yeah. of Michael Manson. I guess I think, it just kind of shows that, like, Tarantino lifts everybody up. Right. He's the rising tide that lifts all ships. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but well, the, Michael Madsen can, could give a good performance when he's saying Tarantino dialogue. <laughs> but otherwise, yeah. he's doing this shitty movie. Or maybe he just cares more. Like, he kind of kicks it in. Like, all right, well, now I have to act. Maybe. I don't know. Either way, this is just... This is not worth your time out there. Yeah. If, if you have something... It was barely worth ours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think we, we usually don't come away saying that. Like, we like even if we don't like a movie, we don't know, we don't usually say, like, don't even waste your goddamn time. Right, right. Because uh, someone out there usually enjoys certain bad movies you know star crash uh no uh, what was it no limit right the uh, hulk hogan or is that uh no, that? Holds no, holds barred. no holds barred yeah no that holds is a barred. damn classic masters right. of the universe has a, a following right and i'll even see on twitter because we you know we follow bad movie twitter as well and you see people post about those types of movies you know just recently there's a uh there's a documentary that's going to be made on Masters of the Universe, mm-hmm. which we definitely inspired. So you're yeah. welcome. But th- there's definitely people out there that would enjoy these movies. I don't think, although there, it's a 3.4 on IMDb, I don't buy that. <laughs> there, I don't think there's a, a an audience for this movie. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what that I don't know what that audience would look like. People that love that one named producer actor. Otacio. <laughs> yeah. So hold on one second. There, it's a 3.4 on IMDb, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. There's two reviews on there. Yep. One's a, one is a one out of ten, and the other is a four. So they're, the, the first one is scathing, to say the least. <laughs> Inadequate acting and poor camera work. This came out, this came out in 2010. So they, this, this has been around for a while. Uh, I, 2008. I got, yeah. Okay. So that, that's where I got confused. For some reason, I thought it was 2011. So I was like, wait a minute. How could they have reviewed it in 2010? This movie sucks so bad it went back in time. Yeah. <laughs> how bad uh, it was. Yeah, it made it made me wish for that uh, Jessica Alba Paul Walker movie. <laughs> Into the Blue. Couldn't yes. tell you. Yeah, no, nothing great here. If I, you... I I knew it had something blue because I just I just kept thinking of uh, 
uh, what is it? The, the sh- now I'm just, it's getting late. I'm like, was that shark movie? <laughs> it's Deep, Deep Blue, Blue Sea? Sea? Yeah. Thomas Jane, Samuel L. Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. Much better movie than this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But for all our fan out there, um, don't watch this movie. <laughs> just skip uh, over this if you have to. I did want to mention that um, the storyline on IMDb is one of the best storyline lines I've ever read. So I'm going to read a little bit. Uh, set in the exotic terrain of the Yucatan Peninsula, No Bad Days is an action-adventure film that manifests all the qualities that make for an entertaining and captivating film. False. The fast-paced style makes for a surprise at every turn, while the charisma and chemistry of the main characters create a romantic subplot. (laughs) This this is not a review. This is the plot's synopsis of this movie. The storyline should... This should be the storyline. Ready? Set in the exotic terrain of the Yucatan Yucatan Peninsula. That's it. Yeah. Storyline over. Protasio is pretty terrible, too. I mean, everybody's pretty bad in this movie, but Protasio we're stuck with for a very long time. Uh, Hold on one second. Who is this guy? He's Nico. Okay. Oh, that's his actual name, right? His real name. Yeah. Where the hell is it? Why can't I... Okay. He doesn't even have a, a picture. Yeah. No. It's just a picture of Michael Madsen next to it. <laughs> I can't tell you who he is. He is an actor and writer known for bad, No Bad Days, Border Lost, and Not Another, Not Another Movie. Yep. So the With only thing Michael he's Madsen. known for is David Murphy movies. So why is he going my one goddamn name? <laughs> Maybe that was his, his guy. I don't know. Yeah, he's got four credits as an actor and was... And the three movies are all done by David Murphy. There's no biography on him. It's just he, nope. these are the movies that he's known for. Yeah. The guy's a mystery. Yeah. He's not an ugly dude. No. So he, like he was in good he shape. Would, you would expect that he would be. He would have a little bit longer of a, uh, you know, or at least identifiable as like something. Mm-hmm. Whether it be an actor, model, singer, stuntman, maybe. Stuntman. Um. I can see yeah. model stunt coordinator or like a uh, professional MMA fighter, you know, <laughs> like Maybe. nothing. There's just just... these four, these three movies. <laughs> That's what he's known for. Maybe but, it's uh, just a, uh, maybe he's just a, I don't even know if he's, obviously we don't know much about him. Maybe he's just a, a Mexican guy with a lot of money. <laughs> maybe. maybe. Again, maybe. I would he, love to know that. Maybe he met, the the director one day and they just kind of took a shining to each other and he was like listen you know i got these movies if anything pops up i'll call you and then he just that's it and the guy hasn't done a movie really since not another not another movie yeah we're just stuck with a single picture of him and michael madsen michael madsen wearing an affliction t-shirt and a harley davidson jacket that sounds about right the bloated corpse of michael madsen (laughs) (laughs) this is He's had yeah. some hard living the last 25 years. He sounds oh, like shit. Man, you can you can literally see the miles on that guy. Yeah, you could hear the cigarettes <laughs> in his voice. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I'd say he's seen better days, but no I don't bad know if days. that's true. No bad days, Dan. No bad no, days. No bad days. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's what the director kept muttering to himself. <laughs> 
right like so like he's sitting there rubbing his head just like this this movie is shit and the, and i don't know maybe one of the uh, producers goes well we we have to name this thing what are we gonna name it and he's just like he's no bad days no bad days no bad yeah. days maybe it just became a joke on set maybe like, no bad days no or like just a mantra like there's right. there's no such thing as bad days when, when you're on set in mexico right no bad days guys it, it's it's just, almost like Living the dream, you know. Yep. Hey, hey, Dan, how, how's your day going? Living the dream. No bad yep. days. No bad days. And then they're I'm, just like, sure, let's just name it that. I'm just, I'm just imagining McConaughey's character from Wolf of Wall Street. That's what the director did every time he woke up in the morning. Uh, uh, no bad uh, days. Yeah, no <laughs> that would be, that would have been great if, if Matthew McConaughey drove up in a boat. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. All right. Have you guys seen Keith? <laughs> you guys seen Keith over there? <laughs> oh, Is God. that you, Michael? <laughs> hey, Michael, how you been, man? <laughs> Boy, it's been a while, huh? <laughs> I don't think we've ever met Matthew. Oh, that's right. I will see you later. <laughs> no bad days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that does sound like a McConaughey-ism. <laughs> uh, we just made the movie better. All right, yep, all right, all right. It, no bad days. Just now we living. make it better. L-I-V-I-N. L-I-V-I-N. <laughs> <laughs> this was well before the reconnaissance, McCona- uh, too, so yep. he could have filmed this movie. This is right still, before Tropic Thunder. Yeah, this mm. is, uh, this is uh, very much rom- rom-com. You yep, know. Yeah, yeah uh, failure to launch. Let's see, what yeah. was he doing in 2008? Ghost of Girlfriends Past, possibly. Oof. Damn. Probably so better Jennifer Garner yes. romantic comedies. <laughs> Again, that Jennifer Garner stank on him. Uh, so Tropic Thunder was the same year. Okay. Uh, but so was Fool's Gold. There you and go. Surfer, comma dude. Ooh, that's like his drill bit Taylor, I'd imagine. Right. <laughs> that sounds yeah. like it's in the same league. <laughs> Ooh. It's got McConaughey. Woody Harrelson and Willie Nelson. Oh man, we got we might want to watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and and out of the shit rose a phoenix. <laughs> Surfer comma dude. Surfer comma dude. So that's awesome. You see, there's always a silver lining out there, people. You might find yourself watching something terrible, and then you just do a little bit of digging, and you get something good, possibly. Yeah, yeah. and then 2000 and 2009, Ghost of Girlfriends passed. I want to see something. Keep, keep going. I want to see something real quick. So I've been studying math for a, a test that I need to take. So I'm trying to turn everything I see into a math problem. Yeah. So I, recently I was talking to someone on Twitter about Melissa McCarthy uh, and her Rotten Tomato meter. So surprisingly, out of all of her movies, 59% of them are rotten. So I want to see what uh, Michael Madsen's is. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't check to see if there was even a Rotten Tomato score for this movie because I assumed that there wasn't. Um, yeah, yeah. The 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 best part about um, all of this is you watch this movie and for every aspiring filmmaker out there can go, I can do better than that. <laughs> yeah. So it's like every every like everyone that goes to film school is like the movie, movie inspires the them. Like, he clerks. I was like, oh, man, I could do that. And this movie is just, I could do better than that. <laughs> Guys, oh whenever you're thinking your movie's shit, watch this movie. 
and go, oh, it's not that bad. Four. Hold on. Oh, man. This is like beating a blind kid. I he think even six. He has so many movies. He has at least six movies with zero percent. And a lot of them have no score. Like the majority of them have no score. Yeah, this movie has no score. Yeah, that's. <laughs> so I'm going to assume he's probably in like the 70 percentile of Rotten. That's yeah. that's something I feel like I want to do from now on. I want to f- if we do a movie that has a big big name in it, I want to see the percentage of their rotten tomato meter. <laughs> uh, I'm the, I'm looking at Richard Tyson's page on Rotten Tomatoes, and he is uh, he's a Wolfman in his main picture. It, is he like yeah like like an actual Wolfman? Yeah. So it's not just a regular headshot. Nope. <laughs> Okay, that's an interesting uh, way to go with this. Yeah, his highest-rated movie is a is Flight of the Living Dead: Outbreak on a Plane with an 86%. Wow, it's pretty good. Yeah, I wonder how many reviews. Seven. <laughs> so take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, it's 33 audience score. Yeah, yeah. But that's more telling, I'd imagine. Isn't there something about Mary? I remember that. I saw that too, but I don't remember it. Right, also I think, starring Keith David. That's true. I, which part was he in? Oh, that's right. He's like his uh his like con man helper, right? Is that who Richard Tyson is? No, uh, Keith, Keith David. David. Keith David is, doesn't Keith David play Cameron Diaz's stepdad? That's what it is. How'd you yeah. get your beans, both Franks? <laughs> right. And what, what? I can't remember now. Yeah. Yeah. But, regardless we're we have i feel like we've hit the wall with this podcast yeah i'm talking about keith david and there's something about mary i think it is time to say goodbye this week yeah let's let's put this one to bed yep i think we spent more than enough time on this one yeah we they can't all be winners but luckily we didn't we didn't beat this one this this horse to death no i again i want people to take away from this podcast that keith david was in it uh mm-hmm. and that's it that's yeah. all that's all you really need to know keith david's in it <laughs> do with that what you will <laughs> right. you guys all you keith any, david fans out there you guys got any pluggables uh like i said at the beginning my my twitter is at diaquino 122 you can also follow our real play D twitter at uh stranger damies uh and that's about it for me i don't have much else yeah, and then my normal spiel every week, um, Stranger Damies, um, you know, airs every Wednesday. Um, we just uh, finished up um, a session recently over the weekend that um, has some nice twists and turns to it um, in terms of story and, and character. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to that coming out shortly. Um, yeah, and, uh, you know, we're on YouTube now, so TonyRL.com slash uh, Stranger Damies, make sure to subscribe at least. Um, feel free to like the video if you want, but um, we would like to get to that uh, threshold that they have on YouTube so that we can just be youtube.com slash Stranger Damies. Um, so hopefully we get there. I think it's 100, um, creeping our way up there. But uh, yeah, just be on the lookout for that. And um, yeah, 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 just uh, oh, the, uh, the video will be up, um, you know, uh, I guess either the day this goes up or the day before. Um, just a matter of how Premiere works for me. Okay, uh, this has been They Call This a Movie. 
We are on the maindamey.com. That is our main website uh, for, they call this a movie. If you want to subscribe to our podcast, we are on just about every single podcast streaming app that you can find. We are on iTunes. We are through Podbean. And we are on Stitcher, Google Play, and now on Spotify. Um, the main website for the podcast is they call this movie.podbean.com. If you want to just stream it from there, you can do that as well. Um, but basically, any podcast streaming app that you could come across, uh, we will be there. Um, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, we are at the main Damie. We post there quite often, especially Twitter and Instagram, and uh, we'll sort of uh, kind of give you previews of what we're going to be talking about in the coming week, or we'll maybe post some little feature things for the podcast, uh, but that's where you find those. Um, we're now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation, so we uh, are on their podcast stream as well as at gvnation.com. You could find them there. Uh, their podcast stream has a whole bunch of different shows. If you like, uh, if you like DC stuff, if you like comics in general, if you like basketball, they've got like a, a, a show for you, no matter what. Um, and they're at gvnation.com and at Geek Vibes Nation on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, that's gonna wrap it up this week for they call this a movie. Um, my name is Anthony Delvecchio, and the director of this shitty movie is David Murphy. So, for Dan Aquino and Mark Myers, this is Anthony Delvecchio telling David Murphy to go fuck himself. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.